0: Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, the National Accounts Manager with Hidware USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. But this uh, incredible broadcast that you're about to tune into is uh, brought to you today by our good friends at uh, TechWeld, USA-made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer many USA-made products to help separate themselves from the promotional products pack. Um... Hand sanitizers due to coronavirus outbreak, this is something that's uh, training worldwide. Obviously, still CDC recommends sanitizing and washing hands to help prevent the spread of the disease. And they have many sanitizer skus that help uh, combat the spread of the virus. They've also got a lot of FDA compliant products. Uh, in a time of uncertainty, knowledge that a product is FDA compliant is key in allowing customers to feel at ease when placing an order. So go check them out at techweld.com for more information. That's T-E-K-W-E-L-D um .com. like i said for more information go check them out and uh, tell them we sent you uh why don't we say hi to Stephen mcfadden how are you today i'm doing all right hanging in good. there how about yourself jeff i'm doing good you know i'm i'm doing phenomenal what can i say you know no no complaints here whatsoever at all meg herber <laughs> how are you
1: why are we laughing do i look Nothing tired
0: no you look you look fine
1: <laughs> yeah Yeah, no, I'm okay. They sent my daughter home, you know, she's been at school for two weeks, and she got sent home last night, and she had an hour to pack her bags and, and get them on out.
0: Yeah, we got a whole woman
2: can pack in an hour. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation, man, that I would love to get into at some point, you know, like, how, how does it, how does the university even manage that? Like, how do you let your, your students know, or your teachers know that, you're going to be gone like do you then switch to a virtual setting do you just not participate in classes like how does that even work you know is that like an in, in school suspension type of de- or a, a school suspension where you're like kicked out and you can't even study basically
1: they gave her homework to do for the next two weeks and that's it wow. and i stayed up all no night virtual learning had to. no they don't for some reason yet i don't know we'll find out i'm not very happy about all this but we'll stay tuned all
0: right yeah we'll save Can write that. a letter yeah. And that, uh, that other voice you're hearing is our, our, our special guest this week, Brandy Whitecotton with AFP logistics, and, uh, really excited to have you on to talk about, uh, you know, the global logistics, uh, we'll, we'll call it, uh, Daydream. There's a lot going
2: on. Nightmare. Nightmare? Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, super excited to have you on. And uh, I think it's going to be really educational for our audience. So uh, thank you for coming. And uh, Brandy, it is uh, co- uh, customary for us to give our special guest a good three to four minute rundown of uh, who you are, how you got involved in your industry, what you've been up to since. So uh, take the floor.
2: Okay. Um, my name is Brandy Um I work for AFP Global Logistics. Um logistics is kind of in my blood my mom started this company with her p- partner in 1991 um, me and my sister bought out her partner seven years ago so me my mother and sister own the business um we all complement each other very well um, my sister works more on the government side and government contracts my mom is really good on the customer service business side and i deal more on the commercial side um, and the environment has changed for us greatly Um, it's, it consistently changes on a yearly basis, depending on what's going on in the world. Um, we are basically a company that is not going to not fit in a box. We, we will find customized solutions to help any of our clients, uh, with any of their needs, um, and try to understand the type of products they're sending so that we send them in the best way so that they make them there in one piece.
0: Got it. So I mean, really, um, really just a family business that you sort of grew up into and, and all that. So I mean, it's it's something you've been around, like you said, it's been in your blood. So uh, yeah, you've got a lot of got a lot of great perspective to, bring to the table.
2: And we always seem to talk about this. When we get at the table, the family table, we can never stop talking about it.
0: <laughs> it's the same for promo.
3: <laughs> Everybody
2: yeah. else is over it.
0: <laughs> it's definitely the same for promo. If you're, if you're sitting at a table with folks that are in the business, it's uh, impossible not to talk about. So mm-hmm. very cool. Well,
2: Especially when it's something you love.
0: Absolutely. Um, so really excited to hear about AFP Global Logistics and what you guys are doing and, and how you may even be able to help some folks in our industry. But ultimately, uh, the, the, conversation we want to bring to the table today is just really what's going on in the world with logistics. What, what happened, what led up to all of this? Uh, what is the, uh, the, I guess the, uh, the outlook for the next, you know, six to six months to two years? Uh, you know, what do you sort of see, what are you seeing out there, Brandy?
2: i'm not i'm going to be honest i'm going to say it's, it's very tough because it's it's a constantly changing evolving market um, and we have other other things that also you know affect our market with stuff going on in the government as far as um importing has become become very very difficult, especially for anybody that's bringing in something in from out of china um they've done some Weird things, seizing containers, uh, moving ports, literally taking ports and taking all of the containers and moving everything to another port, uh, saying there's some kind of COVID outbreak, um, and literally diverting hundreds of containers to another location, which causes another delay. Um, also our ports here in the US are extremely overflowed with business. They don't they cannot Keep up with the volume. Uh, we have, you know, several major ports across the U.S. Uh, one of, we found an opportunity in Savannah, Georgia. Um, it's a fairly new port that they uh, just finished building, um, and we found a partner down there that uh, has a lot of space, and we are able to kind of skip the other crowded ports and go into a port that's kind of new and have a little bit of have a little bit more leeway as far as getting your products in there getting them unloaded and getting them out. Um, I've actually directed several of my clients to start moving freight into that port because they have the relationship directly with the steamship line. So you have to be very creative um, in where you're going to bring it into uh, backlogs and how that affects your cost number one because a lot of these containers are sitting in storage because they can't unload them so there are storage fees. Um, so there's additional costs. And then in your production line, as far as whatever your dates are for rollouts or anything along those lines, everything is pushed back. So it's costing these clients a lot of money out of their pockets. It's unforeseen. You know, sure. what?
1: that's a lot of times. I don't think people really take into consideration the actual port. I mean, now we, no, we look no, at no. the port in, in uh, California. I think two weeks ago, there was like 40 some ships just anchored. I can't even imagine. That blows my mind to think of the supplier where they usually bring it into yeah for their promotional products so they're already losing that money on the orders now they're having to pay all these extra storage fees so you found a solution by getting creative and finding this new port I mean is this open to I mean anyone that could kind of develop that relationship down there because I would love to be able to open that up to this industry if it's something because everybody is struggling right now with this
2: if anybody wants to consider moving into that port and utilizing a warehouse to create a distribution center of some sort if they could reach out to reach out to me personally, I will um, align you with the company down there that handles that type of work. Um, They handle the warehousing side. We handle the logistics side, but they'll bring it in from the port. They'll unload your container. They'll put it in their warehouse. And as soon as with putting it in their warehouse too, you become a priority customer. So your stuff gets unloaded first um, as opposed to people who aren't warehousing in that facility. So we've just kind of found relationships and, uh, bought everybody in to making these clients a priority. So,
3: so new, I think our industry has done a fairly decent job at trying to keep people updated on certain topics and some of the delays. But specifically as it relates to just the supply chain, um, a lot of what we're seeing from the shipping side is, you know, the there's no containers, there's a lack of labor. Yeah.
2: Um,
3: so the the port solution is genius. I hadn't thought about that because we always think it goes to one of two, like
0: Mm
3: -hmm. New York or California. You have a choice. Um, but You have a choice. Even with the new port, are there still issues with containers and still issues with labor? Is that still something you're seeing in your end?
2: Yes. You're going to see issues with labor and you're going to see issues with chassis because there's only so many chassis down there that can pull those containers out of the port and bring them into a facility and unload them. So yes, there are delays and I think everybody across the board is seeing them. Um, I, a lot of what it is, is people not coming to work either. Um, I can't tell you how many, time, how many of my clients right now are delayed in getting jobs done because the people don't show up, show up for the jobs. Um, I'm hoping that that is going to change here soon because I think that's across the board everywhere. Um, I'm running into it with my agents across the world. So some, so hopefully our labor market kind of gets back to going to work and wanting to help provide, uh, services to get this stuff done. Cause without people there to do it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen.
0: Sure. See, I mean, so I guess yes, that's,
2: that is causing delays.
0: That, that, that kind of uh, lends or leads into the next question that I was going to ask, because, you know, where all this really started, you know, was this is this really increased demand or is this just labor shortage and not being able to get through what demand is there? Because obviously, you know, we're, we're hearing that the economy is not doing the greatest in the world. Uh, but, you know, if that's the case, like, how is there such high demand or how how is there so much stuff coming through that we can't get through that there's such a backlog? So it really kind of has to be the labor shortage issue, right?
2: That and because a lot of people aren't getting their products in America, they're outsourcing them to other countries. And when you outsource them to other countries, you're kind of at their, at their demands, you know, and and I've even run into where I have agents in China that are in my clients, they're hold they're holding freight for them and they're, They're telling them that in order for it to get moved, that they want to charge them three times for a container, three times what the normal rate is. And unfortunately, sometimes if you need a product, you're kind of at that will of what they want you to do if you want it released. Um, I would really personally like to see people start going back to looking for American manufacturing. Um, I have talked to numerous of my clients that, do their purchasing overseas and say to them why with all these delays and everything you're dealing with, why would you not consider using a partner here in the U S and they have, they've looked at, you know, what the costs are associated with it. And my main, what what everybody tells me is that China has decreased their prices so low that they're giving it to you, no matter what that, that cost is, that they've decreased it that far. They will meet your, meet your bottom line, no matter what, it's, and nobody here in the US can compete. But then when you think about it, okay, they're holding your pro, your your product hostage. They're saying when it can get there, you're adding storage charges when you're when your containers are sitting there, you're paying more for your containers in the long run. All these additional charges is what you probably would have paid to have it manufactured in the US.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you can't you can't get people to work in the ports. How are you going to get people to to, you know, how are you going to start a new manufacturing company and then get people to fill your roster in order to actually get the manufacturing done. If we're dealing with a labor shortage already, how are you going to address that?
1: And wait, hold on, before well, you answer that, and not gonna, only on top of that, sorry, just on top of all that, there's the role material shortages. Like you yeah. can't even get yeah. cotton, yep. there just there isn't any, you know, because remember everything happened in China with the cotton and they're like, all oh, the child labor and everything. Cotton, band. Yeah. Right, so then retail, that's where most of the cotton in retail was coming from. So they had to, re, you yeah. know, reshore that elsewhere and nobody has the infrastructure that China does so mm-hmm. even if they're like fine whatever we'll pay whatever which is what a lot of people are at right this right second, they just can't handle it because nobody has the infrastructure and here in the United States I know it's even all of our USA it's a cost yeah materials our manufacturers are having to like open up more um, locations just to be able to service the demand so I do think the demand is a lot more as well Jeff.
0: Now, Meg, I, I do, I do yeah. want to just cover one thing since you said that it just, I, know. I, I don't yeah. want to create a phobia in people that all cotton from China is bad because it's not, it was just the one. No, thing.
1: absolutely not. No, no, no. This was that one, that one. Yeah. Sorry. This is, sorry. We don't want to get too off topic. That's a whole other, that's a whole other thing, but I just wanted to add that in before you were like, that might be one of the reasons and the layers why they're
2: not coming here. That's all. Yeah.
3: Steven. I, I was going to kind of go, go ahead, Brady. I'm sorry. You have something Dad.
2: I was just going to say, I do know that states have programs like I'm aligning a lot of my states, the clients here that I have in Maryland, Maryland has a workforce program that is by that is done by the state. So anybody that's collecting unemployment, they have to go there and if a job's offered to them, they have to take it. So if I'm trying to educate some of these companies that I deal with, that there are other options that the state helps you find employees and that they're free to these companies.
1: Awesome did not know
2: about that yes there is a maryland workforce
3: so i guess that that kind of leads into what i was gonna uh transition this to a little bit is is just the domestic shipping you know I, I think um there's a huge issue obviously with inventory and stuff that the supplier side deals with from getting stuff in as well as the distributor side with getting custom merchandise in from overseas um but i i, I we don't deal as much uh, and most distributors day-to-day don't deal as much with direct international, but we do a lot of domestic shipping. And it's, that seems like it's a wreck as well. Um, you know, we, we even had it just the other day. We, we, I got educated on the different carrier maps and the way that they're transitioning their regions and how there's more third-party carrier services, which is causing issues yeah. with transitions of trailers. And I'm like, this is a lot for someone to try to understand, <laughs> you know. And
2: yes, it is. And thats everywhere. the problem. There's a lot of layers, <laughs> a lot of layers, and a lot of different this things. This one went and
3: train, and this one went truck, and this—what? <laughs> so.
2: There's modes that I don't okay. Yeah. There's modes that AST does not utilize. We um, we vet all of our carriers on a monthly basis. So I check all their lanes, um, their damages, their on-time percentages, and on the LTL side. I am not finding any of those that hit hit my guidelines of where they need to be to utilize them as one of my carriers. And yes. that same reason that you just said with going with 3PL providers, a lot of these companies want to go with 3PL providers and they want yeah. to, you know, it's all about driving that price down and they're sending them to LTL carriers who are passing them off to Joe Schmo in a pickup truck and dropping dropping it off, you know, whenever he feels like it. You have no direct communication with anybody when it gets there when it gets there the difference about us is that I don't align with carriers who don't communicate with me I don't align with carriers that don't have a tracking and tracing system in place Mm -mm. we are not the cheapest guy in town but I can guarantee you we check all modes of transportation we vet them and when our, our freight moves when our carriers, it gets there, we know when it we we know when it leaves, we know when it gets there, we know when it's been delivered. We don't even do deliveries that are damage free. My anything that comes in damaged, they say, call me up. This is damaged. I tell my client, I'm not delivering this on your behalf. This is a reflection of you. Send me a new one out. Nobody else out there does that.
1: Hmm.
2: Who else wants to hire Brandy? Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're we're different because We evaluate the market and we're all about building true partnerships. And right now in this this day and age, you need to find partners that you have trust, that you value, and that are bought in 100% without valuable partners. We will never, you'll never survive.
3: So you, you may have a different perspective on this, but what do you think the, the main issues are with just the, the main carriers that folks use, like the ground services, like the UPS, the FedExes? What what's what in well, your opinion? What do you think is going on there? Is that a, just a demand thing, well, storms, or everything?
2: It depends because there you have you have to understand there's two different divisions of a FedEx and a UPS. Sure. There is a freight division freight, which carries you know your all of your pallets. Then you have a small package division. Um, I don't really deal so much with the small package division. Um, we deal more on the freight side and I never utilize a UPS or a FedEx. Um, I don't know if anybody knows, but UPS was, their freight division was bought out. It's no longer owned by UPS. Um, it's a little bit of a nightmare. I'm not going to lie because um, they're trying to figure out how the whole system works. And the same thing that, that we were discussing, them handing them off to third party companies in order to get the, the end mile delivery. Um, I use a lot of line haul companies. Uh, I don't want my my freight or my client's freight transferring through multiple facilities and multiple docks. It's going to get lost, it's going to get damaged, or it's going to end up on a truck that's not supposed to go that it's not supposed to go to. I try to use carriers that don't put their hands on the freight that uh, it, it's coming it, it's leaving this city. And it's going directly to another city and being unloaded. Or it might be going to another city, but the tail end's loaded and then the front end's loaded. So you know that you're not getting handling. Nobody's handling your freight. When you start adding handlers of your freight in warehouses with forklifts and pallet jacks, they don't care about your freight. They're just trying to move stuff around and get it done.
0: Yeah, we my might feel uh, uh, like that. Was- my trade show booth would tell you the same thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you're shipping your trade show booth, via LTL, that is, mm, don't call me. We'll do it with a line haul carrier. We'll guarantee that it gets there in one piece. And if anything's damaged, we'll know about it before anybody else does.
0: Fair enough. I love it. Nick, you heard the lady.
2: So I think the main things that
1: our customers are seeing, you know, when you send them tracking, you know, order ships, all the orders ship out by the end of the day, a, it, it's either not tracking, or B, it's, at Christmas time, I can tell you, I can look up any given order, and if <laughs> 10 packages ship from one order, there's only four that are getting there the next day, and it's like,
2: boom,
1: so that's, like, the first you thing. Do you want to know think, why that is? Uh, yeah, I, please, I mean, I, we think, you know, four the, get the,
2: the four <laughs> get there next day, the four get there next day, so they make service, and you pay the full bill. Because if all that freight doesn't get there by that AM delivery, they give you your money back. But if four of them delivered, you still got to pay full price.
1: You guys hear that? I'm still glad so tell you just time. Time. In the tea. multiple
2: packages, multiple package. <laughs> would it cost them more if
3: <laughs> to ship it again that that last piece than it would be just to ship? It,
0: it
2: all depends on capacity, I think. See me? I would have put that all on the same skid and not sent it sent it in separate boxes. I would have wrapped it up and I would have sent it on a LTL, I mean, an, a line haul carrier, and it would have came directly to you instead of boxes sporadically everywhere all over the place.
0: So I'm having some some internet connection <laughs> instability instability uh, issues here. I don't know if everybody yeah. froze. Oh, I think we're back. All right, cool.
2: Yeah, we're back. <laughs> When it, when it comes to overnight shipping, if you're using UPS for FedEx and you're shipping more than like two boxes, more than likely I will be cheaper. FedEx and UPS charges you for every single box that you send. We just charge you on the total weight of the shipment.
0: So,
3: you don't so do, you're you don't paying do a premium
2: price for every single one of those boxes.
3: So you don't do d- dimensional weight? You just do
2: straight? I do I do, do dimensional. Okay. I do dimensional weight. But what I'm saying is, when you ship it FedEx, UPS, or FedEx, they don't let you put it on a skid when it's overnight because they have to put it on the airplane. Oh,
3: right. So for they're air, breaking right.
2: it down. Yeah. They're breaking it down into smaller pieces which means mm-hmm. when they break it down that you're gonna have pieces all over the place where if, if I could put it on a skid, put it on a cargo van and you have the dedicated van and we, line, line, we hot shot it to the next location if it's that, if that, if it's that urgent. Mm-hmm then I'll be just as just much as probably they would be. We, that's the one thing about us we do is we look at all options. What, what, when will it be ready and when do you need it there? And we always provide all of our options. This is what we highly recommend. This one we're not too sure of, but we always offer solutions and multiple ones.
3: Yeah, One of the best practices we've started doing with all of our freight is adding a bunch of additional insurance. What, what, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? or no because it just saved our butt
2: this this week insurance is a profit center (laughs) don't do it anymore okay so insurance is a profit center if you guys are shipping a lot of freight, you guys need to go to your insurance company and you need to ask them to do a a policy it's a rider policy on your transportation it's a one-year fee that you pay and you never have to pay the nickel and dime of every single shipment you're paying a flat fee they handle your claims. They pay you on your claims. You have to That's submit huge. them, but they'll handle getting you paid. Getting you paid. So it's it, you're double kind of ta- you're double costing yourself when you're actually doing the adding the insurance. When I can tell you right now, UPS and FedEx, when stuff gets damaged, they very rarely play a claim.
0: I I can, I can imagine that for Mm -hmm. sure. Look, man, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I I think Brandy's dropping some nuggets on y'all.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I have so many different things that would, if shippers would allow me the ability to explain what I'm trying to accomplish and give me insight into everything they have going on logistically, I will give them direction the best way to save money I, that's what I, I, mean, I have clients right now that want to do, that want to do insurance. Assurance is a profit center for us, that we make money on it. It's a profit center, no matter what. I highly advise my clients, anybody that puts insurance on every shipment, go to your insurance company, get a rider policy. Do I don't want to take your money. I I want to help. I want to help you guys. I'm one of those people who, you know, you succeed, I succeed. We all succeed. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm trying to, make you understand your logistics and be smarter about how you guys handle it internally.
1: My mind's. Smart, guys. There's not a whole lot out here like that. <laughs> yeah, no
0: so I know you said you don't have a whole lot of uh, you don't you don't have a whole lot of dealings with the uh, the small package stuff, but is that something that that you could give us any insight on? Like as far as just being in that world, at least like, do you know why that the delays that Steven's talking about is happening? You know why so many people are using more carriers versus? I mean, is that a labor thing too?
2: Well, think about this: um, we have a lot going on in our in the U.S. right now. Um, the government has seized assets. They have seized assets. Number one, the FEMA seizes assets with the natural disasters that are going on down south with the hurricanes and all that. Mm. They have seized assets to help with the COVID vaccination, you know, disbursement. There is other player, plays in the fact, too. We have to think also when our economy was more on the downside, a lot of people sold off their assets. You know, they got rid of their trucks. You know, now they're trying to rebuild those assets to keep up with the volume.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Speaking speaking to that real quick. Look, guys, I don't know if you've seen like how different industries have been affected by this whole thing, but my wife just had to rent a car last week.
2: Yeah. You can't rent a car.
0: (laughs) Like Hertz literally sold all of their inventory and had nothing. And their, their website, like when you go to try to reserve it, they they won't even tell you that it's not available. They make you like, you'll go show up and then they'll just give you whatever they've got.
3: So I, I but they I, even I have I one. Did, I did a uh, Turo in California cheaper than it was gonna be to do a rental car and I'd got a Tesla instead. <laughs> it's yeah, ins- rental cars are through the
2: <laughs> roof.
0: Really. It's insane. Sorry, that was a side tan well, yeah,
3: people, sure.
2: people are selling their their cars that they've had for a year for more than what they paid for it, mm-hmm. especially if they're SUVs with everything going on with this chip that you they put in them that's over once again in China <laughs> that we can't hey, get our we- hands on.
1: My lease is up in May, and I'm freaking out because I don't know. I don't
2: know what I'm gonna do. (laughs) (laughs) do. Hopefully, we have have it together. Yeah. But yeah, honestly, this market is constantly changing. Um, There's so many different factors that affect it, and most people don't think about how it gets there. You know, the stuff just shows up on the shelf. Oh, it's just here. No, there's there's a lot of headaches that you go through before it even gets to you guys
1: you know one thing you you kind of gave us some advice earlier i think it was in the pre-meeting but you were talking about how you our the famous word of this industry is pivoted you know you used to transport a lot of trade show materials right so when they're yeah. the trade shows you started finding other niches can you talk to that that blah, blah, blah. can you talk to that a little yeah. bit and give that advice to to our listeners because that was really good
2: sure Um, so a lot of what we did prior to COVID was the trade show world. The trade show world is extremely detailed and it's, it's, it's a world that we excel very well at because of the communication piece. A lot of what we do isn't just one-offs. We do companies that do 25, 30 trade shows a year. We warehouse their, we warehouse their stuff here and we ship it. Of course, when COVID happened, that market completely bottomed out. Um, and it was probably about 50% of what ASP did. So we had to kind of diversify ourselves and look at what other markets kind of were similar to that market. And we found that retail is very similar to that. Um, they're very specialized needs with rollout projects, as far as, you know, when deadlines of having stuff on site for construction crews, and that has become a huge part of what we do is a lot of project work. And that's from the retail side. So when everybody was kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen here. We'll kind of wait it out and see, we were kind of like, no, there's another market that is very similar to this and let's just transition and let's just focus on that. And it's, it's done very well. And now we have some of our trade show clients coming back. So it's become a very, very prominent market for us.
0: That's awesome. You guys have any other questions for Brandy?
1: I don't. I think that was it was pretty um a lot of of knowledge, very insightful. Like I already have all these things I want to take back to my my team.
2: (laughs) So I would if you have any other questions, let me know. I'm always available.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I would actually like to ask one other question because I know we've talked about sort of what led up to this situation and what's currently happening. What do you sort of foreshadow? I mean, is there anything that you see on the horizon that's that's changing in the logistics world or something that you know we can look forward to? Drone shipments. Are those coming? More, more
3: i hope more not because right, that will put me
2: out of business <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um to be honest i'm not i don't i'm not going to say anything that i see in the future because everything that we kind of think is going to happen doesn't happen yeah i, so I don't know what we're going to foresee.
0: so you didn't i'm you didn't bring just going to be ball.
2: on top of stuff
0: <laughs> so you, you forgot the crystal ball is what you're telling me <laughs> She
2: purposely doesn't have it Yeah, it. there is no, because the, the crystal ball is very foggy these days.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Not so crystally. Uh, very smoky.
2: <laughs> no, it's not so crystally these days. <laughs> We're still having major issues with importing or container shortages. We're still going to deal with that for an extended period of time.
0: Very cool. Wow. Well, look, I know AFP Global Logistics doesn't like to be fit in a box, but if you guys had to be put in a box, I could tell you who could make it for you. Our, our good friends over at TechWeld. How's, that? How's ah, that? 10 out of
2: 10. 10,
0: out 10. There you go. So, so I can go to them 10. when
2: I need to do custom packaging for my clients.
0: There you go, techweld.com. Uh, <laughs> TechWeld USA made go. worry yes. regarding overseas products. They offer many USA made products to help separate themselves from the promotional products pack. And like I said, their custom packaging division uh, they love to create new every single day, and uh, you know, look, it's it's something that they just it really enjoy doing, and they thrive on. And uh, they've got that whole division sort of looking after mm-hmm. that. So uh, each box takes on a life of its own, and they can uh, work to cr- uh, to meet your custom specifications regarding uh, custom packaging. And uh, another thing that I would really uh, and you know advise you guys to tune into with uh, Tech Weld is their um, uh, their their kidding. Initiative. So, uh, they've got a great uh, kit program. Uh, they've got eight different uh, stock packaging for their for their kits as well. EVA bag, a PVC tent pouch, a PVC tube, the organza bag, a pillow pouch, a BTL with uh, 202, which is a 30 ounce tumbler, and then they've also got those really kick ass uh, retro lunch boxes. Uh, so not many players in the industry are focusing too heavily on kits, which allows them to hone in on uh, the market for those products and really expand upon their already vast kit line. So go check them out at techwell.com. That's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. And uh, let them know the Industry Insider sent you. And uh, if you guys have any questions for Brandy, reach out to us, comment, let us know, and uh, hopefully we can get anything answered for you. Brandy, super excited and, and uh, very, um, very thrilled to have had you on. Uh, thanks for for joining us today.
2: I appreciate you guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, Brandy.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.